WATD presents John Paul, the car doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900. Now, here's John Paul, the car doctor. And good Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. Well, in theory, we're supposed to be talking to Dale Quarterly. Dale Quarterly is a uh, go-karter, started off as a go-karter, motorcycle racer, um, good motorcycle racer, superbike racer, uh, raced uh, everything from Kawasaki's to Harley-Davidson's to to Ducati's, um, then went on to uh, NASCAR, uh, raced in some of the Winston Cup races. I believe he bought Dick Trickle's car. And uh, then he sort of retired from that, moved to North Carolina, where all the racing takes place, opened up a shop down there, did some on-track development for motorcycle racing and cars, I believe. And then now he's, uh, he's going to be in the uh, NASCAR truck series, uh, at least a couple of races, I think. But the issue is he was supposed to, we, we were supposed to call him. Is that da- is that Dale there? The man himself is on the line now. The, yeah. man, the man himself, the man of mystery, Dale Quarterly, who uh, uh, I've known. Uh, I've, uh, Dale, I've known you since. How old were you? Like fifteen? Yeah, at least. Yeah, <laughs> and your and your father owned Herb Quarterly Motors and a uh, go kart shop at one time, right? Yeah, before that, he owned uh, karting sales, a go kart mini bike shop, which is uh, actually still kind of famous if you talk to. People, they're like, oh yeah, man. When I was a kid, we used to go over there and we'd buy master links and throttle cables and stuff. Yeah, it it really it really was it really was interesting and and yeah, I couldn't remember the name, but Carding Sales, you're absolutely right. And that was people people knew him and uh, and then uh, you start you you started off go kart racing. And I remember one time you were telling me you were you know you had you were go kart racing in Daytona before the uh, and I do. Do they still race go karts at Daytona before the Daytona 500? Yep. 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 Christmas time. It's like yep. 26, 7, 8, 9 every single year. It's yep. uh, So this year they had 2,200 entries between the big track, the little road race track, and the dirt track. 2,200 entries. 2,200 race. And I remember, you know, 30 years ago, you were telling me, you know, going well over 100 miles an hour, two inches off the ground in a go kart. Oh yeah, we. I mean, uh, so the top speed this year was a uh, open supercar went 165. Two inches off the ground. Yeah, one inch off the ground. One inch off the ground. <laughs> that has to be incredibly scary. It's uh, you know. When people say to me, and that happens all the time, like we're going to go to Daytona here in a couple of weeks over on the uh, Acker, NASCAR Acker race, and um, it's 185 miles an hour. But it's like going on the highway. It, You know, you get on the highway, you're going 60, you're going 70, you're going 80. You look down, you're like, 80, I can't go 80. I'm, you know, you get a ticket. Yeah. You at least slow down the 70. Well, just slowing down that 10 miles an hour, it's not, now you feel like you stopped again. Right. Yeah. If you slow yeah. down the fifty-five. You, now you're getting mad. Like, dude, come on, let's go. We gotta go. We gotta go. That you just become acclimated to it at some point. Now, not everybody becomes acclimated to it, but you just become acclimated to it. Yeah, and I think it was you who told me once. You know, we were talking about 
you know, driving on the road, and, and you used a big fancy word. Uh, you said, you know, the difference between, you know, cars that are on the road and race cars is, um, you know, you can drive 100 miles an hour on the road, but it takes, and I remember it was your word, exponentially longer to stop at those speeds than it does, um, you know, that does it 55 or 60 miles an hour. Well, I mean, everything about a streetcar is made for comfort, right? Right. So because of that, the suspension is soft, and the sway bars are soft, and the tires are soft. So when you step on the brake, everything's got to load up and stop moving before the car's going to stop, right? you got to kill the momentum before you can kill the speed. So it's, right. Just, right, it's just stuff you can do on the street. There's nothing like what you can do on the racetrack. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's uh, kind of go through the Dale quarterly life. You started off as a go karter. You went to you went to motorcycles. You went to superbike, and you were really successful in superbike. So a couple of things. One was, um, and you fall in this boat that when you work for, I'm pretty sure it's called Tire Masters. That um, we used to bring cars over, and we'd only let you work on them if they had a front end problem. That you were, you knew how to reason through information to find what the real problem was, not just put it up, get it down. Okay, you owe us forty nine ninety five, right? Right. That that you were really good at your job, which is why you are still doing well with the radio program and, and helping people, right? Because you know how to reason through information. So when my father owned the go kart mini bike store, um, his nickname was Herbie Hosspower, and I didn't know this. I didn't realize this until I get older. But between the go-kart shop and the car lot, if you had a problem, like if you were home and you had a heart attack, you'd call my father first. Then you'd call the doctor. That my father helped everybody fix problems, right? So when when we left go-karting and went motorcycle racing, I had a couple of buddies that were just bugging me constantly. Oh, we got to go do this. We got to go do this. I'm like, I don't care. I'll go. So we all sold our street bikes and we went up to Loudon because they had a, you know, a good road race series. Yep. And within three years, because I knew how to reason through information from my father and I knew how to work on stuff from go-kart racing, within three years, we were number seven in the country running AMA Superbike, which is no next class. And that's the biggest premier class in the country. Um, and it just, you know, it just kept going to the point that by the time I stopped, I was sponsored by the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We were beating the factory teams with lease equipment. And, um, you know, I was the top. My best year was we finished second in points, ran on against, I think at the time, my budget was 350000 their budget was, they had two riders, so their budget was $2.4 million. My budget wow. was 350000 and I was beating them, right? So that was a big deal. Yeah, that, that that is a big deal. And the idea that you're doing it as a privateer, and you, and you raced, like you said, you were, you were sponsored by the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtle. Yeah, yep. And, yep. but you raced a variety of stuff. You raced the Kawasaki's, you raced um, Harley-Davidson's for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, we were we had a sponsor from uh, Weymouth actually. Uh, Warren Collins had the um, his his um, grandfather invented the iron lung, so he um, he sponsored the Harley. Uh, we were Brockton Brockton Cycle Center. Yeah, um, 
sponsored us for years when we first started on the Kawasaki's. But I had been on a Honda, Yamaha, Bamoda, Harley Davidson, uh, Ducati. Basically, through time, I've, I've ridden one of everything. Yeah, and the so. and the Ducati the Ducatis were sort of. I mean, I mean, all of these bikes are exotic when they come to racing level, but the Ducatis almost add one more level to it, right? You know, racing is racing drives street vehicles, whether it be four wheels or two wheels. But racing drives street vehicles, and what they learn on the racetrack, they try and apply it to the street. So, uh, anti lock brakes was born at the racetrack. You know, um, cam timing. Oh, what's that? That's what Google it. Um, was born at the racetrack, right? Fuel injection was born at the racetrack. So, and all that stuff helped safety and fuel mileage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No. And... Tire wear, tire sidewalls, all that is 100%. I was a Dunlop Michelin rider my whole career. We used to, they used to, you know, pay us to go test. So I knew different tires and how they're constructed and whatnot. And within two years, You'd see that exact same tire we raced on on the street. Yeah, good, really good point. And and a lot of it, you know, kind of, you know, I suppose some of it goes back to, you know, Bob Tasca, who said, you know, win on Sunday, sell on Monday kind of stuff with Tasca Ford, you know, right. that and that's all part of the marketing that goes with it. Then you left motorcycles and you went to um, you went to Winston Cup, right? So when I stopped the motorcycles. I basically got hurt a couple of times and my body was just screaming, dude, it's time to do something else. Um, we went NASCAR racing and luckily we had the NASCAR North series and which was one of the best series in the country, like period. So I went and did that, but that took me a little longer than the motorcycles. That took me like three years to finally get a handle on what was going on. There was just too many pieces to the puzzle. Yeah, but once we did, um, and again, having my father, you know, behind us helping. My, my father's name is Herb. Having her behind helping, we, um, you know, we ended up winning um, driver of the year, rookie of the year, most improved driver of the year, which means like you'd start twelfth and finish second, most yeah. improved positions, driver of the year. Uh, my best finish, I think, in points was third. We've won, um, in the history of Bush North, there's only been three drivers to win the trifecta, which is short track, big track, and road course, and we're one of them. But the other guys that did it, did it, and it took them 20 years to do it, and we did it in five. Wow. Once I got a handle on what was going on, I really did it in two. Um, so... That was cool. We won at Loudoun. We won at Dover, Delaware. So if you go to Dover and the monster is out front, the statue, yep. if you walk around the back, my name's on the plaque. Well, that's, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. So what's cool is when my, because I have two sons, Aiden and Alex, uh, 19 and 29. And so when they come to the races with me, because you're just stupid dad, right, during the week, you're stupid dad. And my younger one really, for a long time, wasn't getting that dad is somewhat a name. Yeah. But when you come to the races, 
everybody's trying to talk to you. Everybody's trying to interview you. Everybody's trying to do something. And you're trying to say, now I'm not on this level, but just for a name. You know, you're the Michael Jordan of, of the day, of what's going on. You're the center pin. You're the action-packed guy. You're making things happen. You know, everybody wants to be part of it. So he's like, Dad, how do you even race? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, all day long, somebody's talking to you, and someone wants to do something. Someone wants to take a picture or something. How do you even race? I'm like, you mean, like, focus on racing? He's like, yeah. I said, it's, it's just part of it, right? We're a traveling circus. Our job is to entertain. The racing's on my secondary. It's, you've got to entertain first, and that's where the sponsors come from, right? They want to be yeah. part of it. It's like being on this, you know, radio, you know, radio show today is because we did our job on the left, you let us do our job on the right. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is pretty fascinating, you know, how how you kind of went through all this and how you went kind of to where you are. And then you, you started your own, and you, you've always been in your own business, but you were doing a lot of training and on-track development too, right? So that was kind of a fluke, but because I knew, again, it keeps going back to that first sentence, which is, I don't want to talk political, and I don't want to talk people. I'm not telling anybody they're doing anything wrong. Yep. But in my words, that's part of the problem what's going on today in school is when you take away gym class and, and um, PE and, and um, um, music class, this, when you play an instrument, it's – Learning, you're not learning how to play a note. Playing a note's easy. You just push this button and you blow in the end. Yeah. It's learning how to move your lips properly and move the mouthpiece properly and blow properly and push the button slowly, not just wank the button down, right? It's reasoning through information. As you do it, you start realizing if you combine all these pieces in the right order at the right time, you get a completely different note than if you do it like this. And when you lose that as a kid and now as an adult, you're trying to explain to somebody, no, you can't come in at 9.15. Yeah, well, well, it doesn't matter. I'll make it up as the day goes on. I was like, but, but you don't get to make that choice. Mm. Your job title says you start at 9, which means you're supposed to be here at 8.55, right? Yeah. You start at 9. At 9... Your computer should be running. You should be pushing buttons and making something happen. That we lost a customer this morning because you weren't here and we couldn't answer his question, and it cost us 300 bucks, mm. right, because you weren't here. So where I'm going with this is because I was pretty good at looking at the big picture, owning team, running team, riding team, all of a sudden some people started, hey, would you mind helping my son? I'm like, well, that's not really what I do, but I could. But you got to remember, I'm from New England. If I'm thinking it, I'm saying it. <laughs> well, what does that mean? I'm like, well, if I think he's you'll, you'll bad, I'm going to tell him. Yeah, right? you'll find if out. I don't think yeah. He's, yeah, give it up his effort, then I'm telling him that he's not playing on his phone. We're here racing. He can play on his phone at 5 o'clock. Right? 8 in the morning until 5 is my time. 5 on is his time. So... 
what happened was when I went to do it, I was actually way more successful at it than I thought. And it ended up growing into um, a couple guys came on board and said, hey, why don't we start a junior team? You run it. You're super good with the kids. And we'll go pro racing. So we had a Motor America motorcycle road race team for the last five years. We're top three riders every single week. Out of um, 17 riders, we put 14 of them on the box, which means they were first, second, or third, right? They get yep. to stand on yep. the box, Yep. which is an unbelievable percentage. Great. So, um, so life is good. And that's, I, I, I know I keep on saying it and I'm saying it as a joke. It's back to reason and through information, right? Yeah. Because dad taught me how to function when I was a kid. And I remember the day at the shop, like it was yesterday still, we had a, the used car lot 30 years and I'm there. I mean, I could parallel park and do whatever you can possibly imagine by the time I was eight. Cause I moved the cars around the used car lot all day. And I, of course I had to wash them and then take the snow off them in the winter and the whole bit. But he was working on a car and he couldn't fix it. And he come over and asked me and I asked a couple of questions cause I'm trying to reason through the information. Right. And he's like, no, it's not that. No, it's not that. And I walked away and he, kind of yelled at me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, if you know what it's not, then you fix it. Yeah. And he just gave me that look and he put the tools down and he walked over to his desk. He put his feet up on his desk and he grabbed a newspaper and sat and read the newspaper. It took me about 20 minutes to fix it. And when I fixed it, it was one of the pieces he had checked, but he didn't check the subcategory of that piece. That piece was okay. It was the one that it's the one that it ran that wasn't good. And I, about 20 minutes, I fixed it. And I remember thinking to myself, "Finally, I caught up to my father." Of course, it didn't take me long to realize you never catch up to your father. He just didn't catch that one piece, right? Dad always yeah, knows yeah. more. Right? Yeah. Well, that years, well, that's, 40 years of knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's part of the you know he taught you everything you know. He just didn't teach you everything he knows. There you go. Right. You never, that's yeah, my point. Yeah. You never catch up. Yeah. But right, right. It, it was, yeah. um, it was good. My father, if, you get, if anybody knew my father, my father, um, her, they called him red, he had red hair. He, um, everybody loved my father. Even today, the doctors are, my, my dad passed a couple of years ago, but even today, if you go to the doctor's, and that every doctor was like, man, I loved your father. He'd come in and tell me stories about Nicaragua and loved D.C. fishing. And, I mean, they go on and on about my father, which is, which yeah, is cool. No, right? no, no, I mean, your, your, father had, your father was one of those guys that I always said had absolutely, you know, to me, always seemed like he had absolutely no regrets in life. He did what he wanted. Yes. He did what he yep. liked. You know, he, he, knew, he knew an amazing array of people from... You know, bank presidents to car dealer owners to I mean, he knew he knew a crazy amount of people. And, uh, you know, and I, you just sort of you learned a lot. You know, when I started working uh, at AAA and I worked Tuesday through Saturday, I'd, I'd come to the shop once in a while and hang around. And half the time your father put me to work. But um, other times I just hang around and drink coffee. And your father never drank coffee, drank hot chocolate. And uh right. You know, it, and, you know, we'd learn stuff, and it was always really interesting. So, 
it was it was good. So it was I, it was I always a fun thing. A, my my brother and sister talk about it too. They weren't with him as long as I was, um, but my brother worked for him. He used to race. My brother was a go kart racer. And my brother and father would go all over the country racing, and they were the same thing, top three everywhere they went. I mean, he's got a Nitro Joe's Master Mechanic Award. They, his nickname was Herbie Hosspower, that he could go anywhere. So he's got all that vast knowledge of racing and all those people. And then when he started to use car lot, of course, you need to do business loans and, and um, loans for the you know the automobiles and all that. So then he started knowing all those people. And then that would branch out, and then we know, you know, you from the tire supply place, and you went to AAA, and, but we only used car lot. And my father wheeled and dealed for a living his whole life. He used to buy and sell horses when he was a kid. And, you know, we'd get a phone call, hey, Herb, you got to go down to this warehouse, and, and we, we just want to empty the warehouse. Well, what's down there? Well, I don't even know. They just want to empty the warehouse. What do you think down there? Well, I think it's business furniture, but I don't even know. They just want their warehouse emptied by Thursday. And we're 45 minutes away, drive down there, and would open the door. And it's, I mean, this is 150 feet long, 50 feet wide, solid office furniture from the cheapest cheap to mahogany desks, just solid full. And you come back and it's like, what do you give us for it? I mean, we only use color. Yeah. How do you? Yeah. How do you price a hundred foot warehouse right, of office furniture? I, I don't freaking know. So he's looking at me, and I'm like, "Why are you asking me? I don't know. I'm 16 years old, right? I don't know." I said, yeah. "Just they got to get it done, right?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I wouldn't even pay him." He's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "I wouldn't even pay him. I would just tell him, hey, 'Hey, I'll guarantee I'll get it done by Thursday. I'm taking it.'" Yeah. He's like, well, they're not going to do that. I'm like, but, Dad, you taught me the number one lesson. He's like, what? I'm like, you offer, then they offer. Right. Your offer is, I'll get it done by Thursday. Hmm. And he calls them back, and they say, we got to put some money in the pot. Give us 500 bucks and get it done by Thursday. And, of course, we're like, yeah, I mean, there's $20,000 worth of stuff in there. So yeah. the very next day, I start, got a 24-foot trailer in the pickup in my van, my race van, and bombing down there. We'd load it up. We'd bomb it down to use car lot. We got it sitting on the front lawn at the used car lot with giant signs on it, you know, 15 bucks, 20 bucks, $35. And we're selling it as fast as I can bring it back. I mean, by the time I drop off a load and go get the next one, by the time I get back, it's gone already. And I did that for four days straight. By the time I was done, I couldn't walk for a week. But, you know, we made huge money. But we made huge money for, for two reasons. One, and you brought it up, he knew the people. And two, right. when he said we'd get it done, they knew we'd get it done. Right? Yeah, That's how absolutely. we got the deal. Right. Speaking they of getting get speaking stuff of, out. Speaking of getting it done, what do you what do you what do you got coming up racing now? So we're um, I'm actually on my way to the shop right now. We're we're going to run the Acker Series at Daytona on February 18th, and it's actually live on uh, Fox Sports One. 
Okay. Car number four. It's black. Um, it's sponsored by a company called Van Dyke Recycling Solutions, which is when you throw away your paper bottles and cans, they import all the systems that sort all that out at the recycling facilities. Wow. So waste management, all those guys yeah. would buy from Van Dyke. Um, so we'll have a suite. Last year, I think we had 150 people there. Um, it'll be it'll be exciting. Daytona is the second you drive in is exciting. It's just, I mean, it's a two and a half mile speedway. It's huge and lights and seats and people and I mean, it's just chaos constantly. It's it's a blast. And um, you know, you you mentioned FS1 last week. We had uh, Brian Loans on, who's an NHRA announcer on FS1. And yep. uh, uh, and a local Abington guy, oddly enough, and uh, you know we we were talking back and forth. Have you ever have you ever pondered the idea of going to uh, uh, quarter mile racing? My um, my idea of seven second racing isn't racing. I know how technical it is, just like playing golf. Yeah, right. It's not just whacking the ball. I get how technical it is. But you got one shot at beating this guy, and it's just not my not your my thing. yeah that my thing is you know I got 150 laps of you've got a reason through the information which is I can't burn the tires off the car I can't burn the brakes off the car I can't beat the fenders off the car I can't make people mad I got to get by these guys. I got to put myself in a position so with 10 or 15 to go and we all go wide open now and actually driving 100% that I have something left, more left than the next guy so I can beat him to the start finish line on the last lap because the only lap that matters. Yeah. Right. yeah not, really good really good point, yeah. Right. Not, no, not it, one and done. Yeah. So so we can watch so we can watch you race on uh Fox Sports so that'll be fun. Yeah, on the 18th. And, yeah, and uh as far as uh you know kind of following you know some of the other stuff in your career uh social platforms and stuff too to keep track of you. Yeah, you can go on um you know on Facebook, Dill Quarterly, L E Y Quarterly. And um I also have a Web page, dealquarterly.com. Um, if people want to come over there, that's probably lagging behind a little because I've been so busy. Um, we've got, you know, tons of stuff going on this year. Yeah. I bought a Craftsman truck. I guess they call it Camping World now to run um, the Texas Road Race Circuit to the Americas. Yep. So that would be cool. I bought that from Kyle Bush a couple weeks ago. Um, it's gorgeous. Um I almost want to put it in my living room and not even race it. It's so nice looking. And and you know, speaking of which, you you bought when you first got into um, NASCAR, the Winston Cup, Winston North Series. You know, you bought Dick Pickle's yeah. car, right? Yeah. When I first started, I um, there was a gentleman in Brockton, Joe Brady, that had a used car lot, which is why yep. we knew him, yep. and he was running the modified stuff. And he's like, no, you really need to do this. These, this series paying good money from the American Canadian tour. So um, Dick Trickle was driving his car once in a while. So we called Trickle up, and he says, it just so happens I got one we're selling at the moment that was a test car, but they don't want me running it every week. So I drove to Wisconsin and bought it and brought it back, and, and um, it was super fast. I mean, it was it was just the coolest thing back then. 
Um, the problem was I didn't have enough money to run it. I just didn't realize it yet. So I ran it probably one season and sold it and then held off for a couple of years till I got my finances and sponsors in order before I did it again. But then when I came back, I came back with the Bush North stuff. And, and, so in that, cool. uh, and in that small world kind of thing, uh, Ann Morissette, his daughter, worked with me for a while, so... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Brady's daughter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. It yeah. is kind of. It. You know. It. And it's funny how you talk about. You know some of the things you did, and you know I. I brought up your name to a guy by the name of Steve Fitzgerald. Everybody calls him Fitzy. He was a. He was a motorcycle racer, and he also uh, races a purpose-built three-series BMW. And now he's a. You know, at at sixty-six years old, he's he's running a crew for uh, Irish Mike's Racing out of. Uh, out of like the Orlando area, and he's like, oh, yep. yeah, yeah. He's like, I know him, you know. So it it is funny how this racing world gets together. Before I let you go, one last question: Your motorcycle racing, how did that transfer to when you're doing road racing, um, in 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 kind of like truck events in the cars? Yeah, yeah. So it it first of all, it taught me um, speed. Right, I got used to the speed really quick. Yeah. So when you the cars aren't quite as fast as the motorcycles, so the car ride is a little mentally slower. So I'm mm-hmm. at a little advantage right there. But it really taught me how to save the tires and and change lines as the day wears on, so you're not wearing the same part of the tire the whole time, and save the brakes. And it you know it taught me all those little nuances it takes to get the you know it's a 57 lap race the race is one on lap 57 you can lead 56 but it doesn't count right. you got to get the 57 so it it's really taught me all that and taught me you know the proper racing lines um it all intertwines yeah i bet it does hey dale i want to thank you for taking some time out of your sunday morning and joining us on the car doctor program and uh have to watch on fs1 or maybe maybe i'll even get over to daytona or only three hours three go. hour drive three hour drive away yeah we just going to Texas with us. There you go. All we'll, right. We'll you know, your big hat and everything. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know maybe maybe you let me uh, you know put air in the tires or something. You know. All right. There you yeah. Go. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, Thank Dale. Thank you for your time. All right. I appreciate All right. being on. Hopefully All everybody right. enjoyed. All right. Take care, Dale. Bye bye. We need Bye-bye. to take a break. Pay some bills. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on ninety five nine WATD. We will be right back with a review of the Infinity QX eighty. A big seven-seat SUV. No one wants to be left out in the cold. With AAA, you won't be. Their experienced technicians will be there fast to help with your dead battery, unexpected breakdown, frozen locks, or any car issue that comes with winter weather. They're trained to fix most problems on the spot, often without the need for a tow. And you're covered in any car you're driving or riding in, 24-7. Join AAA today at aaa.com slash join. Let's get real. Unlock your potential with an Abington Bank Get Real checking account. When you're always on the go, you need a bank that doesn't hold you back. Well, can you say no fees? That means no monthly account fees, free mobile banking, and free online bill pay. Plus, you can get a cash bonus when you sign up. Visit your local branch or abingtonbank.com to open an account today. Free yourself from fees with a Get Real checking account at Abington Bank. Unlock your potential. Member FDIC. 
South Shore hockey fans, please join us every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. for the Ted Donato Show, Ted Talks Hockey, on 95.9 WATD, sponsored by the Caskin Flagon. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. If you would like to give us a call, our phone number is 781-837-4900. Uh, I understand we have Jim from North Reading on the phone. We'll get to Jim first, and then we'll go do that car review. Jim, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I don't know if these. I don't know if this is related or not. My daughter's got a 2014 Sentra, and she just had a remote starter put in on Tuesday. Okay. On on Friday, her car just went dead. She tried to start it with the remote. It was silence when she tries to start it inside the car. All the lights come on, but there's no sound. You know, nothing happens. She's getting uh, error codes of a OP0183 and a P0181, which both talk about a fuel temperature sensor. Yeah. Could they be related to the to the installation of the remote starter or just a coincidence? No, I think I think those codes might be more related to the battery went dead. So um, I think you know somehow and i would go back to whoever put the remote starter in it sounds like that's causing some sort of parasitic drain that's causing the battery to go dead it's too coincidence you know i'm not a big believer in coincidences sometimes but the idea that you that she did that on you know tuesday and the battery went dead on friday too much of a coincidence for me that would be the first place i would start and what i would do is i'd you know jump start the car get it running shut it off, look for parasitic drain, which it sounds like it has, then disconnect the remote starter and see if it goes away. If it goes away, you know there's some problem with the module for the starter system. And it happens okay. once in a while. And it happens once oh. in a while. Yeah, like she's way up in Maine, and I can't get to her. So oh, okay. Yeah. I, I said, uh, this is perfect timing. I can call you, and hopefully you'll have a solution. And I, I like that solution. I can have her try that. Yeah, I yeah, that's, I mean, again, it's, you know, it's, one thing to say, you know, a month and a half later or something, then this is too this is too close to the time of the having the starter put in. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I was thinking, but I I needed some yeah. reassurance. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. Enjoy the All right. Show. All right. Thanks, Jim. Bye bye. Our phone number again seven eight one eight three seven forty nine forty nine hundred is how you get through and talk to us about your car and car problems. And I promised I'd talk about the Infiniti QX80. The Infiniti QX80 is a large three-row SUV. Yeah, it's large. It it's uh, it can accommodate seven or eight people, depending on how the seats are configured. It's powered by a silky smooth, and it really is, 5.6-liter V8 engine. You don't see V8 engines that much anymore, and this one makes 400 horsepower. It can be ordered in rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. There's three well-equipped models. Uh, the uh, Lux premium select and sensory version why don't they have regular sound in names that's what i want to know our test drive was in the all-wheel drive sensory edition the v8 engine is smooth and powerful but it comes at a cost according to the epa fuel economy is uh, a scant 13 miles per gallon in the city and 19 miles per gallon on the highway the infinity requires premium fuel for its 26 gallon gas tank so uh, driving costs are expensive as well but then again it's an expensive vehicle so maybe if you're Buying an Infiniti, the price of gas doesn't really bother you. Handling is typical for a large SUV. Not particularly great, but 
not horrible either. I mean, it's it's an SUV. You don't expect it to handle like a sports car. There's some body roll uh, during high-speed turns. The suspension does a nice job of soaking out the, the bumps in the road. Uh, pretty impressive vehicle if you're going to take a road trip because it is uh, big and reasonably comfortable to drive. Um comfortable seats and so forth. The brakes are as impressive as the engine. Uh, Really, you know, really powerful. Sometimes what happens in big vehicles, the brakes aren't as big as you would hope them to be, and uh, you don't do you don't do quite as well with them. Uh, the the QX80 is an imposing vehicle. It's big on the outside, but it feels slightly smaller when you're behind the wheel. Um, Infinity's around view monitor provides a nice 360. 60 degree uh, uh, view uh, of what's going on uh, so you can able it's easy to park that way because of the camera system the QX80 would certainly be a great long distance cruiser the look of the dash is slightly dated with a mix of knobs and buttons which I find a lot less distracting than something that just has a big touch screen big touch screens are you know, an iPad is great when you're sitting still an iPad's not great when you're driving down the road so I kind of like a little bit of the dated look of the buttons and knobs, but that's that's just me. Um, infotainment and climate control systems are upgraded from previous models, easy to use, full suite of, you know, features, addresses, uh, safety, you know, all the safety issues, forward emergency braking, rear braking, uh, handy in a crowded parking lot. If you go to back up and somebody's behind you, the car actually slows down for you. Um, not so good when I was backing up and there was a, a big bush behind me, and I knew I could go a little bit further, but the system kind of said, no, 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 there's something behind you. It's time to slow down. But uh, but other than that, it, it worked really well. Um, and, it, again, it has lane departure prevention and all that sort of stuff, high beam assist, um, which high beam assist in any car, and I don't care whether it's a, a, a Kia, a Ford, or an Infiniti, you know, high beam assist is where the high beams are on all the time until a car comes the other way, and then they go to low beams. Not new technology. It was used in Cadillacs in the 60s. Um, I can turn my own high beams on and off. I don't need I don't need a computer to flash my high beams on and off, which I find, frankly, sometimes a little bit distracting. Um, the front seats are the best in this vehicle. They really are. Um, as you move to the second and third row, seating becomes a little less comfortable. Uh, third row is not too bad. I mean, second row is not too bad. Third row, head and leg room are really best suited to kids. Um, the QX80 has a, a decent amount of cargo space, a little less than maybe like a Cadillac Escalator Navigator. Uh, with the seats up, not a ton of room, about 16 cubic feet. So if you were taking six people to the airport, uh, putting all their luggage in there would be a little bit tight. But you fold down, you know, if you're not using third row, then you have about 50 cubic feet. And if you fold all the seats down, you have 95 cubic feet. So, you know, if you were going to, I don't know, do people... Jesse, what do you think? Do people that buy eighty, ninety thousand dollars cars go to Home Depot and buy stuff? Maybe they do. Still, I don't know. Um, but there's uh, there's plenty of room for big boxy items and stuff. Uh, it, and this and this is also a good tow vehicle. It can tow up to eighty five hundred pounds. Uh, the Infiniti QX eighty is a good large SUV. The problem is it's not a great luxury SUV. Um, its price starts at about seventy two seven. I think, uh, as tested, you know, in the 80s. Um, so why isn't it great? If, you know, if you looked at this car eight years ago, you would say it's one of the top large SUVs you could buy. 
Today, I think those competitors, the the Lincoln Navigator, the Cadillac Escalade, and other big full-size SUVs, just have surpassed it where, like I said, you know, five, six, seven years ago, I think this Infiniti would have been on the top of my list. Today, it's probably closer to the near the bottom. Nothing wrong with it. It just doesn't seem like it's kept up with the times. So um, I think if you're looking for an SUV, maybe this is it. Maybe you, you like the style. Maybe you like the interior. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful, well done. You know, front seating area is really, really nice. Ride and handling. Ride is great. Handling is typical SUV, you know, not not good, not bad, just typical of all SUVs. Um, you know, so you know, you may find you may find this the perfect vehicle for you. Uh, but you know, give it give it a look if you're looking for a luxury SUV. Certainly worth looking at. Um, but I just don't think it's kept up with the times, and that's my only issue with it. Our phone number again is seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred. And uh, some of the questions we've gotten in this week. Um, there are, uh, which I always kind of like going over some, some of the questions we get in during the week, because that's what, that's what sort of makes, makes it interesting. And some of them, some of them were, were kind of simple, easy ones, and some were a little bit more complicated. Um, one of them was, uh, there's a person who wrote to me, he has a, a 2010 Honda Odyssey. He bought it new in 2011, uh, he keeps it outside. He maintains it as directed. Uh, he apparently um, drives it from a wheelchair. He had it modified, so it's wheelchair compatible. Um, it's his personal mobility. Uh, he's had problems with, in 2019, the air conditioner wasn't working, so he had the AC condenser replaced. And then in 2020, he had the compressor replaced, expansion valve, receiver driver, dry, dryer were replaced in 2022. Um, did another AC compressor. So I guess the AC part's working. Now the heating system isn't working as well as it should. And the idea that he's done everything but the evaporator, I don't think he did the evaporator, but he did the, he did the condenser and compressor and all that sort of stuff. He says that when he sets the temperature at 75, the air is hot. When he sets the temperature at 70, the air is tepid, if not cool. Uh, it was diagnosed as needing a new door actuator motor after the two center console vents stopped producing airflow, which was installed. However, the air is still not warm. He says he was told fuses, sensor, cabin filter, electrical shorts have all been checked and um, not not the problem. And, you know, one of the things is like many vehicles built in the last 15 years, the climate control is managed by a computer. And in the case of this Odyssey, you can actually check it with a Honda scan tool, or you can. It has a self-diagnostic mode, which is really interesting. You have to like push one button, push something seven times, do something else. You have to go through this whole system to find out. And there's about 15 different possible fault code um, that could come up. Everything from sun sensors to um, to uh, control modules could be a problem. Uh, but I wouldn't also rule out the basics. Uh, oddly enough, as complicated as this system is, there's a heater control valve. So a valve that turns hot water on that goes into the heater core that comes back out. And it's cable controlled. So after, you know, it's uh, 2010, he bought it in 2011, so no matter how you look at it, it's either 12 or 13 years old. Is, did the cable go out of adjustment, especially if they've done some work under the hood? So is the, you know, at 70 degrees, the air is hot, 
but at 70 degrees should it even be hotter and maybe the cable isn't opening and closing the right amount something to look at certainly and then you know also look at things like you know water pump thermostat hoses fluid levels and stuff like that they should all be checked too so not so simple but uh certainly something worth looking at uh jesse says we need to talk to chris from west roxbury chris good morning hey good morning how are you today it's very good. nice how to speak to you i've uh... I've enjoyed, um, I'm a AAA member. I used to love your reviews in AAA. I, I look forward to them every month. It was always a challenge. I, I enjoyed them very much. It's a, very, it's a pleasure to speak to you. Well, thank, thank you very much. And if you want to read uh, my reviews online, at least, um, if you go to AAA.com slash car doctor, you can find reviews there that I've written. Um, so you can, find them, you can find them there, too. So. Great, great. I can ask you a quick question, my friend. Last week, I, I listen to your show all the time. I live up here on the North Shore. Well, West Rocks, whatever you want, from the South Shore. And I heard a gentleman called in about a Prius. Um, I have a, a Prius as well. I, I, it's a 2012. I bought it in 2013, and I, I bought it with 7,200 miles on it. Now I have 214,000 miles on it. So I, and I do all the wear and tear on it. You know, I use synthetic yeah. oil. I just they replace the shocks, and, you know, I did the... The 150,000 mile battery replacement got like the um, the tune up looked great because my mechanic actually had to hop into the car to replace the spark plugs. It looked great. He was in the engine. Yeah. So it was awesome. But so the question I had is, um, I'm thinking about probably the battery might have to be replaced for only say 250, 270,000. And I was miles, and I was looking at some of the replacements online. There's a place up in Foxborough that replaced them called Green Bean, or or like well, replacement battery gave me the same. Same amount that the Toyota batteries give me, I'll be able to go another two hundred thousand miles on it. Well, if the car will last another two hundred thousand miles, probably. Um, no, you know, if the, my, if, my you know, mechanics I, ba- I baby, I take care of it. I use it yeah. a lot, and yeah. um, but I, I do. You know, yeah, I'm just thinking. Like I was hoping because I'm a real. Ever since I paid this thing off, and now that my kids have graduated from college, I, I'm really. I don't know what it is. I just like to save everything, and I, I think I can get like what maybe five, six hundred thousand miles on it. Is that possible? It, it 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 absolutely is uh, because, uh, like you pointed out, you you know you baby it, and also that gasoline engine doesn't really work that hard if you take it easy. So you know by using using the proper oil and changing oil regularly and doing all the regular maintenance, mm-hmm. and you know some of these replacement batteries, I have heard people say they've actually had better luck with them than the factory battery. Um, that is the case with um, you know somebody somebody I was talking to had a Chevrolet Volt. And they replaced mm-hmm. the they replaced the factory battery with an with an aftermarket replacement from a shop that specializes in you know or or at least does a fair amount of hybrid repairs. And they said to mm-hmm. me the the performance is better with the new battery, and they they see a little bit longer. You know, it seems to run a little bit longer in hybrid range because the bolts the volts a little bit different because it's kind of an electric car right. with a gas engine versus a right, gas engine right. with the like yeah. Um, Right. But but they they found it pretty good and like I said the way my so unscientific way of knowing you know how long uh, hybrid batteries last is by asking every cab driver I see that drives a hybrid you know how how much life you getting out of these batteries and uh, all of them are telling me that you know they get somewhere between two hundred and twenty five and three hundred thousand miles out of the out of the factory batteries so I you know based on that you still have quite a ways to go. Oh right, right. I just I've always enjoyed it, yep. but I just I just took an interest in because I I can't believe I I can't believe we're seven we're nine years ago. Then I'm like, wow, it's a lot. But I, I just you know I just turned fifty two, and I'm just like you know 
I'd be getting like I become cheaper. I'm like no, I like saving my cash in these cars. I mean, I can't believe the rates you're still getting for the interest rates. You're crazy to buy a brand new car because you're getting a nine. My buddy just took out a, an eight percent. He got an eight percent one. He's an excellent credit, and he just bought a 2019 Silverado. I'm like eight percent. I'm like holy cow. And uh, and then it's like the used car market's starting to come down a little bit. But man, it's it's crazy out. There. I mean, they're offering and the, the suckers bets are out there now. They're doing six and seven year loans now, which are crazy. Yeah, I, anybody who, you know, when, you know, you think about kind of the basics of, of a car loan, you know, if mm-hmm. you take out, uh, you know, a four or five or six or seven year loan, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, after year three, the car's going to need repairs. You're going to need, you know, mm-hmm. year year three, you're probably, go, you know, might be putting tires on the car, tires, you might be doing yeah, you yeah, tires, brakes, yeah. Yeah, all, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden you're paying for repairs and paying for a, a, a loan mm-hmm. on your car and you know, if you but have the money, if, 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 yeah, yeah. right, yeah, and you know, and if you have the if you have the money, that's great. But if you're like most people that sort of, you know, most people sort of spend what they make, and right. you know, you know, and if all of a sudden these extra expenses comes up that your five year old car needs a needs a water pump, and that's going to be you know eight hundred dollars, and you're like, right. yeah, and I'm paying, you know, I I worked with somebody, yeah, I worked with somebody who took out who who. They decided they wanted kind of a fancy car, so they went out and they right. leased a car, which I'm not a big fan of leasing either. No, and leasing's a sucker's yeah, bet too. That's, yeah, that's my yeah. thing. Yeah, my my only my only car I would ever lease is an electric car because nobody knows what in three years are going to be mm-hmm. worth when you go to trade right, it back in. So, right. but mm-hmm. but they went out and they leased this car, and their their payment was six hundred and ninety dollars a month. And I'm like, what are, what are you, what are your mind? You know, and uh, I'm like, you know, that's, you know, you know, not that many years ago, that was a mortgage payment, not a car payment. Absolutely, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. And, yeah. But the only the only issue I have with my Prius um, was just uh, the bearings. I just had to replace them, that was it. Yep. And you can tell when they go, it was just like, when I was pulling my can, I go, trust me, it's the left front bearings. I've replaced three out of the four, so I'm doing quite well, so. Yeah, yeah, no, and, no, and, and uh, you know, if you ever want to do this, and only because... I was, uh, you know, I fell down the rabbit hole of uh, YouTube one day. Um, I I discovered a YouTube channel of a, a woman who lives in her Prius. So oh, she's God. a, so That's she's okay. a, she, yeah, she's a, she's a uh, boondocker who, uh, who, yeah. who has, who has a, uh, she works, she works for an IT company, and she, yeah. uh, and apparently she has, uh, she's made, she's made money on YouTube living in her Prius. So I know, but you know, so no, yeah, no yeah, so if you, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. All right. Hey, nice talking to you, and thanks for listening okay, to the show. Keep and, up the good work. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye bye now. Well, I think it's probably time to take a, take another break here. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening to the Car Doctor Program on 95.9 WATD. We'll be right back. No one wants to be left out in the cold. With AAA, you won't be. Their experienced technicians will be there fast to help with your dead battery, unexpected breakdown, frozen locks, or any car issue that comes with winter weather. They're trained to fix most problems on the spot, often without the need for a tow. And you're covered in any car you're driving or riding in, 24-7. Join AAA today at aaa.com join. Don't let the cold weather get in the way of your golf game. At Winslow's Kitchen Bar and Range at Green Harbor Golf Club, you can keep your swing in shape all winter long. Enjoy Winslow's top tracer range technology and Power T automatic reteeing system. With 16 covered and heated bays, you don't have to fear the frost. So don't put away your clubs just yet. Winslow's is open all year round and is the perfect spot for a casual bucket or an evening out. 
Don't wait for spring to swing. Visit Winslow's Kitchen Bar and Range at Green Harbor Golf Club in Marshfield. You make it big in motorsports, but the real reward for most is the thrill of the adrenaline and the chance to hold the checkered flag. I'm Miles Heger. The excitement and danger of motor racing are the reasons drivers love to race and why fans show up. Join me and my guests each week as we discuss the local short tracks while also sharing opinions and insight on NASCAR's National Series. Tune in to Miles on Motorsports Tuesday nights at 7 here on 95.9 WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. Speaking of used car prices, I believe it's going to be next week. And uh, we are I, we are going to be talking with uh, our buddy Cal uh, Brower from uh, IC Cars. Uh, He's he's the one that we we kind of almost missed him the last time we talked to him, but he's got some good stuff to talk about. You know where used car prices are going, and and some of the cars that have kind of lost more prices. So, uh, so we have we have his uh, we have his phone numbers, we have his house number, we have his cell number this time. So, Jesse, you're you're going to be armed with all this information just in case. So. Uh, so we can get him get him on the phone. We talk to him and see see where prices are going from IC cars. Always kind of interesting. Um, here's a, here's a this is this is another this is kind of a hybrid story here uh, where we have a few minutes left. Uh, somebody writes to me and they say they have a 2020 Ford Escape Hybrid. It has just 25,000 miles on it. It's already on its third 12 volt battery. A lot of people don't realize a lot of hybrids. Uh, and electric cars, for that matter, have 12-volt batteries. The 12-volt batteries run the electrical system that the hybrid battery, you know, that turns on the hybrid battery, if you will. So uh, it is on its third 12-volt battery, and as he puts down here, it's at the dealer right now gunning for its fourth battery. Uh, this time and the last time the dealers kept the car for several days, a search for unusual parasitic drains, um, there are sort of, you know, for want of a better word, you know, uh, you know, vampirish type drains on electrical systems that will suck away some electrical power. Um, but they didn't find any. They've done all the software updates. It's all been up to date. The charging system's been checked. Um, they have suggested the owner of the car suggested replacing the tiny 12 volt battery, uh, which is undersized given the plethora of accessories it supports a word i hardly ever use plethora um reading online on various car forums where other owners say they've solved the same issue with a larger battery that bolts right in the dealer tech advisor says they can only do what the factory authorizes or recommends and the upgraded battery is not one of them the notion of too many short trips has been discussed but uh, they use the they they feel the car gets the use it should to allow sufficient time to recharge it uh, he must be an engineer at heart. He said he started tracking output voltage of the battery regularly since the last replacement was done in November. Lately, it hasn't been above 11.8 volts in the morning and rarely reads above 12.3 volts even after a long trip. As I understand it, these are dismal readings. Any thoughts? Um, a battery is considered at 100% state of charge at 12.6 volts. Uh, state of charge is a little a little misleading, but a battery that's reading 12.3 volts, which is what 
this battery is, is about a 70% state of charge. At 11.8 volts, it's only at about a 30% state of charge. So something's certainly going on. One of it may be that is you know, as much as they've checked the charging system, it might be off a little bit, and it's not bringing that battery up to that 12.6 volts. That could be part of it. Uh, the deal is correct. When it comes to warranty, they can only repair or replace what's authorized by the manufacturer. So uh, even though a bigger battery may cure the symptom, which is the car doesn't start, it doesn't really address the issue of why the battery voltage is low. Um, although, personally, if it was my car, and this wasn't being all done on a warranty, I'd probably put the bigger battery in. And as an example, the battery in a hybrid escape is a 45 amp hour battery. So it has a 45 amp hour reserve, which isn't terrible. Um, and it has 395 cold cranking amps, which is a little bit on the light side, but it's a pretty small engine. The non-hybrid escape has a 70 amp hour battery and 760 cold cranking amps. So it is a much more powerful battery. So, yeah, if it was my car and the repairs weren't being done for free, I would put the bigger battery in. Now, is it going to really address the issue of why the battery is slowly losing charge? No, but the bigger battery is going to make up for the idea that one of these days it's not going to start. So just something to be a little bit aware of. Uh, one other person writes to me and says... Uh, you often reference low oil level lights. It's always been my understanding that if the oil light comes on, it's a loss of oil pressure, and you shut off the car as soon as possible. Am I wrong? Um, yeah, kind of. There are actually sensors that monitor oil level in many cars today. So you have oil pressure, which is typically a red light, which means shut the car off right away before you do any real damage, and a yellow oil level light, which typically come on when you're down about a quart of oil. So um, so sort of in the scheme of things, just like a traffic light, red means stop, yellow means slow down and stop if it's safe to do so, and green means everything's good. So you turn on, you turn on, turn on the lights inside your car, you know, you see lights that are green. Well, that means everything's good. You see lights that are yellow, that means, eh, you know, check engine light is yellow. means you need to get to it at some point. Um, red light, temperature, alternator, um, oil pressure. Red light means shut the car off right away. That's the way the lights go. So that's kind of it for the questions. There's a lot more questions for this week, but we don't have enough time for those because it's about 1159, which means we are just about out of time for today. So until next week. Make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car, and if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.